And so he will give you wealth because of what someone else was promised. He says, I will put money in your hands. I will put wealth in your hands to fulfill promises that I have made to someone else. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio. You are moments away from receiving God's rich word. But first, remember that you can subscribe to our Roku channel as well as our podcast. And don't forget, for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. King Rock, let's greet our online community by saying praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Wherever you are all around the world, we just celebrate you and we thank you so much for joining us and being a part of this service today. Whether you're listening or watching and wherever you are, we want you to know that we love you so much and we're praying for you and we thank you so much for being a part today. Amen. All right, we're going to go into a part two, part two of the series entitled uh, Get Out of Debt Good of the good series. This is part two of, of this series. Now, this is extremely important. I'll tell you this from the get-go. The reason that the Father is giving you, well, one of the reasons that he is um, giving us this series is for us to be ready for the wealth. It's to get ready for the shifting of wealth. We said before that the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. So he's putting things in order, putting things in place so that you may be ready to handle it. So I, I pray that you're taking this extremely serious, extremely serious money. And many times, if you're not ready for it, can just be like you trying to hold water in your hand. Somebody pouring it in your hand, it just goes right through your fingers, right through your fingers. But you are God's wealthy place. So you must know how to handle wealth. You must know how to handle money. Now, while we're in this series, you're going to see a lot of things happen in your life. And I'm going to give you five things that you're going to see happen in your life. Some of these things we'll talk about actually uh, during the series and other things you will experience. um, You'll experience um, throughout the week and just throughout the series as the Holy Spirit deals with you. Now, some of these things, um, as the Lord teaches you about wealth, some things will come out over the pulpit Um, And then other things, God will lead you to books to read or even for audio books to to listen to. Are you hearing so that you so that you can be prepared for the wealth that's about to hit your hands? Okay. All right. There are five things that we're going to experience during this series. Number one, we're going to pay off debt. That is, we're going to eliminate debt. Somebody shout hallelujah. Uh, two, um, we're going to discover and eliminate wasteful spending. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. We're going to give generously and break the cycle of poverty. Hallelujah. hallelujah. Ooh, somebody may need to say ouch. Four, we're going to generate wealth through opportunities, uh, receiving monies, and you're going to sell some things that you're not using anymore that can bring monies in that can help you pay off your debts. Hallelujah. Yes. And four, we're going to store up wealth for future opportunities and for future generations. You're going to store it up. You're going to store it up. Remember, we don't believe in having emergency funds. So I'm not claiming that I'm going to have an emergency. 
We're not claiming a rainy day fund either, not claiming that either. But what we are saying is that uh, we are claiming opportunities will come our way. So we're claiming opportunity funds. All of you need to at least have $1,000 in your opportunity fund. And then we go ahead and start on our uh, debt cancellation journey, our overcoming debt journey. Amen? Need to have at least $1,000 because I'm telling you, it's easier for you to get money when you have money. Okay, and it would take a certain amount of discipline for you to have that money and keep it in an account. Okay, praise Jesus. Here are some guiding scriptures we're going to talk about. The first guiding scripture comes from Matthew 25, verse 21. Matthew 25, verse 21. This is how it reads. It, it reads, uh, his Lord said unto him, now here's a principle, hear this. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. Notice how the Lord said, if you are faithful in a little, you will be faithful over many things, right? He says, I will make thee ruler over many things. You've been faithful over a little, I will make you ruler over many. If you have not been faithful over a little, you say, all I make is $50 a week. That's all I make is $50 a week. We'll be faithful over the $50 a week. I've already given you uh, a, a set plan for that. Uh, number one, when you get wealth in your hands, you're going to think about three things or think about and do three things. Number one, you're going to give. First thing you're going to do is you're going to give. You're going to give unto the Lord. You're going to sow toward eternity. Second thing, you're going to save. That is, you're going to pay yourself. Save. Even if you're putting $5 back or $10 back, you're going to do that. And thirdly, you're going to spend. That is, you're going to pay your bills, pay your other obligations, buy food, whatever, so forth and so on. So first, you're going to honor God. Secondly, you're going to honor yourself. And thirdly, you're going to pay your obligations and do what you got to do. Are you hearing? So you shouldn't get wealth or you should not earn and then spend. If you earn and spend, eventually the third thing you'll get is broke. Earn, spend, broke. Earn, spend, broke. Earn, spend, broke. And then we're always with a handout. But if you honor God first, honoring the Lord, honoring the Lord first, honoring him first, uh, you will get his blessings over the entire crop, over the entire harvest, and then secondly, you're putting some things back for yourself, paying yourself. For, uh, you're making investments. Are you hearing? Secondly, and third, you're doing what? You're spending, right? Buying what you need, paying the bills, so forth and so on. Keep that plan in focus, and wealth is yours. Hallelujah. I'm glad you're excited about that. Deuteronomy 8, 18 and 19. Are you with me? All right, it goes like this. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. Why is God giving you the wealth? I'm glad you asked. Why? That he may establish his covenant. His covenant means his promises. God said, I'm going to give you money. I'm going to give you wealth so that I can keep my promises. Promises to who? Which he swear unto thy fathers as it is this day. So 
you being empowered by wealth isn't just about you. It's about a promise that God made to your ancestors. It's about a promise that he made to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, maybe your great-granddaddy, maybe your mama and your daddy. He, he made promises. So you will receive wealth based on someone else's relationship. God promised somebody else. So you will inherit wealth because they had a relationship and they got a word. God promised them. And so he will give you wealth because of what someone else was promised. He says, I will put money in your hands. I will put wealth in your hands to fulfill promises that I have made to someone else. Hallelujah. I'm glad you get in that. So it's not really just about you. God said, can I use you to fulfill something that I promised somebody else? Does that make sense? And this uh, verse 19 gives you the warning label. 19 says, and it shall be if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God, which is easy to do when you got money. When you got wealth, it's easy to forget God. You say, well, hey, I don't need him now. I can just buy whatever I want to do, buy what I want to do, because money will give you a false sense of security. Okay? He said, it shall be, if thou do at all forget the Lord thy God, and walk after other gods, and serve them, and worship them, I testify against you this day that ye shall surely perish. If you're walking out of walking after all these other gods, you know, you're walking away from the Lord. If you turn and stop walking after God, following God, you will be following other things in there in totally different, totally different directions. Does that make sense? You understand? So the Lord is training us. Say with me. He's training me. So that when you receive wealth, and I mean a great amount of wealth, when you receive his wealth, and really wealth is just having more than enough. When you receive more than enough, more than what you need, when you receive that, and in some cases it's going to be way more than what you need, depending on your mission, depending on the purpose and the assignment that God has given you. Depending on your assignment, your assignment, what God has called you to do, how many people he's called you to touch, that will determine how much over what you need you will have. Does that make sense? All right, depending on your commission, because we understand we're only here for a little while. We may be here for 70 years, 80 years, 90 years, I don't know, but we're only here for a little while, and then we're going to go back home. What you do in the middle what you do in the middle, how you're proving and, and, and you're showing yourself, showing yourself uh, faithful to God will have an effect on your eternity. Now, not on salvation. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're saved, you're set. Hallelujah. But rewards and hearing the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. All of that has to do with how you handle wealth, how you handle his resources. Amen. Amen. All right. So today we're going to be talking about rules governing money, rules governing money. We'll start talking about this today. Rules or we can say the rules of money or, yeah, rules of money. This is part number two in the series. Today we're going to talk about, Lord willing, for the next few minutes that we have, we're going to talk about um, giving. We're going to talk about 
uh, co-signing, giving, co-signing, and we're also going to talk about loaning. I pray we get to all of this today, but we're going to just take our time. What we don't get finished with the day, we'll take up on next week because it's important to you to know when to give, when to give, and many times when not to give. And now I'm not. Now we're shifting away. I'm not talking about you giving uh, um, in tithe and offering. I'm talking about you giving to people. You giving to people. You giving to people. Talking about you co-signing with people. And about you loaning money to people. God is not silent on any of these. So we're going to get the heart and mind of God as it relates to this. Hallelujah. So we're not talking about tithing and offering. That will come later on, the Lord willing. But now you need to know how to relate to other people. Because once you have wealth, they're going to knock on your door. And you need to know how to handle the situation before it comes up. Amen. All right, so first, let's look at the book of Acts, Acts, the 20th chapter, Acts 20, Acts 20. Let's look at one verse, verse number 35, Acts 20, verse 35 says this. It says, and I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. What are the what are those words? It is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. All right. So the giving position is a position you want to be in because that's the more blessed or the higher position. And in order for you to give, you've got to have it. You're going to have to have it. So this is one reason why why it's more blessed because you're going to have to have wealth in order to give it. So he said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. And that is the then to receive. And that's the position where God wants us to be. He wants us to always be in the giving position. Now, there'll be some times in earth, or should I say many times, when you will need people to give to you. Not necessarily financially, but you may need an encouraging word or you may need you may need a hug. You, you know, there's several things that we could need from someone else that someone else has. But as a general rule, it is a better it is better. It is a more blessed position when you have more than enough and you're able to give it. Does that make sense? All right. Let's look at Mark 14, verse seven. We're going to roll right along. Mark 14, verse number seven, Mark 14, verse seven. And it says, here's another general rule. The poor you will always have with you, the Lord says. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. Jesus makes the statement, you will always have poor people among you. Always. As long as we're down here on this planet, there will always be poor people. But you don't have to be one of them. Somebody ought to say amen on that one. You do not have to be one of the poor. Now, the word poor here means the helpless. It means a lot of things, but it means the helpless. It means powerless to accomplish an end. And it is also um, said, another definition for poor means the unproductive. The unproductive. Some people are poor by choice. 
They are poor by choice. And some people, as long as they receive a little assistance, they can get back up and become not poor. Are you hearing? But Jesus said you will always have poor people among you. That tells me you can give all the money you have and never solve the problem. Because poverty is a lot more than just about money. You can give to every homeless person you see, and we thank God for the Robertsons. You can give to every homeless person they see. He can give uh, care bags and care packages to every homeless person every single day of his life while he's down here. And you know what will happen afterwards? They'll still be homeless. They'll still be poor people. You can, give, you can sell everything you got and give everything away, and they'll still be poor people. So your giving is not going to solve their problem. There's another reason why God will command you or compel you to give to the poor, and we'll look at this in a second. Are you hearing me? Let's look at 1 John 3. Let's look at 1 John 3. We're rolling along. We're rolling along. 1 John 3 says this, and let's look at verse 16 and 17, and it says, We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Listen to verse number 17. If someone has enough money to live well, let me read that again. If someone has enough money to live well, let's try to read that one more time. If someone has enough money to what? Live well. Somebody ought to claim that right there. That's me. I have enough to live well. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Now, there are three people talked about in that verse. Three people or three kinds of people talked about in that verse. The first person, someone who has enough money to live well. They're living well, and they love God. And they give. They have more than enough. They're living well. They love God, and they give. Second person, they live well. They have more than enough, but they don't give. They don't have the love of God in them. Let me say that again. The first person, living well, got the love of God in them. And they give. Second person, living well, got more than enough, no love, they don't give. And the third person is the person that is poor. You have to determine which person that you're going to be. Wealth is coming. And you have to determine what person you will be. You'll have to determine what person you will be. Wealth is coming. The world is saying right now, there are many that are, they are saying, uh, we're going to go into a bad economic time. We're going to go into a recession. And, and people are saying all these sort of things. And that's true for them. Gwen got it. That is true for them. But that is not true for us. It's about to be the greatest time for us economically and financially. Are you hearing? 
Now, you get to choose which, which one you're going to be. If you're going to be one that uh, lives well and loves God, or you'll be one who lives well and the love of God is not in you, or you can be the one that is poor. Are you hearing? You have to pick. But if you say, well, I'm going to be the one that lives well and have love of God in me. I'm going to be that one. Hallelujah. I'm that one who lives well, got more than enough, and I got love of God in me. That's me right there. Well, understand, that particular person has a price to pay. Because this is a lifestyle of discipline. If the Bible says that how can a person uh, say that the love of God dwells in them? That means God's love is dwelling in you. You're living in God and God living in you. And you're managing your finances. You become a good steward of your finances. Let's, let's go right there for a moment. So that means that your household is not divided. Listen, husband and wife, when you guys got married, when you guys got married, you became one flesh, one entity, even in the laws of the uh, United States of America or, or place that you live in, especially here in the United States. You became one legal entity. One of you passes that uh, the resources of that one goes to the other. You become their next, your, their legal next of kin. The resources go to you and also their debt goes to you. Yeah, just keep looking straight ahead. So why in the world would you keep your finances separate? I got my bills. He got his bills. I got my money. You got, I, I got my money, and she got her money. Why don't you keep things separate? The devil knows that a house divided against itself cannot stand. So when you come together as one, as one now, there's been there have been times when when one spouse I, I've known one particular couple uh, and and the husband was bad on drugs. That's not a good idea at that time because it came in and it went right out. Are you hearing? But if you can trust them with your physical body, you should be able to trust them. With your money too. Secret accounts, secret loans. We got to repent of that stuff. I tell you now that's wrong. Secret things, no, no, no. Where you keep secret, secret means a place of darkness. And where you allow a place of darkness in your home, the devil is thriving. He is thriving. He thrives in the darkness. When you bring things together and you're honest with your spouse, honey, I know I haven't told you, but we got $10,000. <laughs> what? We got, uh, um, got $10,000. When we get $10,000? Or, honey, I'm, I bought a new car. You what? You understand what I'm saying? So when you choose to get married, understand something. Even for, uh, even for engaged couples, when you choose to get married, you become one. And it's a good thing to ask, how much debt are you in? Show me your balance sheet. 
Because I know that once we become one, your debt becomes my debt. My debt becomes your debt. My money becomes your money. And we become one. Ooh, my goodness. Online community, pray with us now. Pray with us. Pray with us, online community. Pray. Are you hearing? It is the Father's will and desire for you to live well. It is the Father's will and desire for you to live well. I didn't say this is going to be easy, but I'm telling you, it is the right thing to do. It's God's desire for you to live well. Some of you are going to have to go home tonight and repent and get on one accord. I mean, really get on one accord and stop hiding things, hiding money. I know one particular um, lady, or I've heard of, heard of her, who would, she would go home and her parents uh, would give her money behind her husband's back and she would keep it hidden. She would keep it hidden, you know, because the parents didn't really like the husband. True story. Uh, they didn't really like the husband, so they would give their daughter money just in case she needed it, just in case he needed it just in case she needed it, behind the husband's back. And that just tore a rift. Uh, just, it, it began to tear their marriage apart. Keeping secret things, secret monies, secret bills, secret debts. He don't have to know about it. She don't have to know about it. No, you're keeping a, a, a place of darkness in your own home. And that's where the enemy comes in. And he traffics in the places of darkness. Are you hearing? Talking about rules concerning money. Now, listen, when you give to people, because we're talking about giving, giving people-wise, when you give to somebody, you empower them to do what they're doing. You, in essence, become their partner in it. If I know that you're going to take this money and you're going to, I'm, ta I'm not talking about the, um, I'm not talking about the stranger on the street. You don't know what's going to happen there. We're going to talk about that in a moment as we give to strangers. But if I know that, uh, you know, I know you and I know what you are doing and I give you this money, I'm empowering your lifestyle. I am enabling you. I become your partner in that. I am sowing in your field. And whatever you're reaping in your field also becomes my harvest too. So you say, why is all this coming up in my life? Where have you been sowing your seed? Now, let's talk about the stranger. Oh, before we do that, let's go to, let's go to um, Proverbs 19.17. I want you to see this. As the Lord talks about, now let's talk about giving to, really giving to the stranger, giving to the one that you don't know. Are y'all still there? When you give to the poor, when you give to the stranger, you must have this scripture in mind. When you give to the stranger, have the scripture in mind, Proverbs 19, 17. Look at this out of the voice translation. This is how it reads. It says, whoever cares for the poor makes a loan to the eternal. Such kindness will be repaid in full and with interest. So when you go out to the homeless, you go out and you give to those in need as you are prompted by the spirit as you are prompted by the Spirit to release, I want you to begin to think, Lord, I'm lending to you. 
Lord, I'm lending to you. Now, we're not talking about you giving to your family because just by the word family, it implies general sharing of resources. General sharing of resources if we are family. But the stranger, someone that you don't know that is needy, that is destitute, you are lending to the Lord. Lord, where's your signature? I'm loaning this to you. And the Bible says that God will repay you with interest. You'll always get, you'll always get in return more than you put in when we're giving to the needy, giving to the poor, when you're caring for them. And the Bible says that you don't know, you may be entertaining an angel unaware. You, 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 you don't know. The Lord Jesus said, if you've done it to the least of them, you did it to me. Does that make sense? We're not going to get to all of it today. Let's look at co-signing right now. I want to show you what co-signing is. Because as you, I think we'll stop on this one. We're not going to get to loaning today. As we talk about co-signing, we're going to talk about co-signing. As you get more and more wealth in your hands, and as your credit continues to grow, 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 people are going to knock. Knock, knock on your door. Can you, can you, can you, can you? And unless you have the prompting of the spirit, I need you to get used to saying one word. Come on. No. And I need you not to feel bad about saying no. Even when they throw that phrase, that popular phrase at you, that popular phrase that says, I thought you were a Christian. I thought you were a Christian. Well, I am. But I'm not a fool. So as wealth increases, I want you, I need you to see yourself as wealthy. You need to see yourself as wealthy. See yourself as having more than enough. See yourself as having more than what you need. You have to see that. See yourself as a wealthy place, as God's wealthy place, not just in money, but in love and in resources, whatever is needed. You are God's depository. You are his bank. You are his wealthy place, and people will make withdrawals from you. Just like the Lord Jesus, when the woman with the issue of blood came and touched him of his garment, he knew, oh, somebody's made a withdrawal from me. Somebody has made a withdrawal, for I feel virtue has come out of me. Jesus is a bank. You are God's bank. And people can come and make withdrawals from you, but you got to have it first. Make sense? Let's talk about co-signing. <clears throat> And then we're going to close out today. Proverbs 11.15. Write that down. Proverbs 11.15. Listen to how this reads out of the uh, NIV. Proverbs 11.15. Are you ready? It says, whoever puts up security for a stranger will surely suffer. Whoever puts up security for a stranger, he will surely suffer. But whoever refuses to shake hands in pledge is safe. Now, let me read this to you out of the Amplified Bible. 
Amplified Bible says this. It says, he who puts up security and guarantees a debt for an outsider will surely suffer for his foolishness. But he who hates declines being a a grantor is secure from his penalties. Now, what this does not say is never co-sign for people. Don't co-sign. Doesn't say that. But it does say if you do realize you're in danger. It says if you you're at, let's say you're at a car dealership, and you're looking around and somebody comes over you and say, hey, would you co-sign for this loan for me? You don't know them from Adam's house cat. And you say, well, I am a Christian. And you go and sign your name on that note. Foolish. Are you hearing Foolish, because you're actually saying, I will pay this note if you don't. Now it says stranger. Now, what about family? Again, it does not say don't don't co-sign for for family and those that you know. It doesn't say that. But it does say when you do realize that you're in danger. Now, let me give you a general rule. Let me give you a general rule. You can write this down if you want to. General rule as it relates to that. Only co-sign with someone that has a track record that you can trust. As a general rule, don't co-sign for anybody. But if you feel the Lord leading you and not the pressure of someone else, then, of course, always follow the leading of the Spirit. He has your back. Amen? And this one will help you to say no. Let's go back to the car lot uh, illustration. If the new car they want is as a payment of $500, and you co-sign and say, now the finance manager has already turned them down for that car. Those that have the education, the skill, and all that, the computers and all that already said, you can't afford it. But you go in and you sign for a $500 car. Again, you are saying to them, if you co-sign, you are saying to them, I'll be responsible for this debt. So here it is. Here's what you need to do to get out of the situation. If you cannot afford another $500 a month note, don't do it. You say the payment is $500. You look in your budget and you know you don't have an extra $500 there. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't do this with you right now. I can't do that. I can't afford to do that. What do you mean? I'm going to pay it. I got you. I got you. Yeah. I'm I'm telling you, Buki, I'm going to pay it. You know I need this. I got to get back to work. You know what Junebug did, and I just need this new car. I know it's a 2020 car, and I know that. I know it has all the bells and whistles on it, but I need this. How much is it? Hmm. I don't have an extra $500 in my account now for that. No. There are billions of other people on this planet. Go try one of them. Does that make sense? Go try one of those. All right? So if you can't afford it, uh uh-uh. Because chances are you may end up paying it. Does that make sense? 
Hallelujah. Now, again, it doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say don't co-sign, but I'm telling you, when you do, you're in danger. You put your name on there, your credit and all that stuff, you are in danger of being in some type of penalty when you do it. The next time we come back together, we're going to talk about loaning. We're going to talk about loaning, loaning to other people. What does the Bible say about loaning to other people? Guess what? There's a, it says a whole lot about loaning. It says a whole lot. So we're going to, why are we in all this? Because God is preparing you to handle great wealth. He's preparing you to handle great wealth, wealth that you have never known before. There is about to be an end time shift of wealth. So God says, first of all, you got to get out of debt. You got to get out of debt. In order to get out of debt, that means you're going to have to tell yourself, no, I can't buy this right now. I can't buy that right now. And as you tell yourself, no, you're also telling yourself, yes, yes, I can save this. Yes, I can give more. Yes, I can pay off that debt. And it feels so good when you look at your credit report, you look at your record, and you owe nobody but to love them. Feels so good when you're paying off your debt, when you paid off your car, you paid off your house, you, you paid off all the credit cards, you got all that stuff paid off. All this is freed up now to invest toward the kingdom of God, to uh, live an abundant life now. Guess what? God wants you to go on some trips. He wants you to enjoy your life. He doesn't want you to be stressed out and and. He doesn't want all that. He wants you to enjoy your life. And a part of you enjoying life has to do with having some money in your pocket. It has to do with it. You having some. But it's going to have to be a disciplined life. A disciplined life. So I encourage you, get a budget together. Or instead of budget, really call it a cash flow. Find out where your money is flowing to. Where is your money going to? You make it, it comes in, but where is it going to? Who do you owe? And how much do you owe them? And if it's a credit card, how much interest is on that? And remember, if you pay off the lowest balance first, let's say your lowest bill is $30 a month, and you pay that off, remember, you don't have, ooh, I got an extra $30. Let me, what else can I get? I can afford that $30 payment over there. No, you'll never get out of the hole. But you take that $30 from the bill you paid off, then take it to the next bill. Now, you're still paying your regular payment on the next lowest bill plus $30. And you do that for that one. You pay that one off. That, let's say that, let, that uh, next, highest, next lowest bill was $50. Now, you pay it off. Now, you got how much? Now, you got $80 that you take toward the next bill. And you keep going and keep going, keep going until all of it is completely paid off. Now, that's at one end of the candle. Remember, we're burning both ends of the candle to make it burn a lot faster. On the other side, we're giving toward the kingdom of God. And we're making our daily confessions. Are you hearing and we're seeking the face of God that we come out from under the control of lenders. Amen? So you've got supernatural power working, God, the kingdom of God working on one end of that thing. Well, actually, it's on both ends, but he's working there on the other end, burning it from here. Balances are dropping. Things are being paid off. Hallelujah. And at the same time, you're on the other end, and I'm telling you, you meet together, and debt freedom is right there in the middle of it. 
you are being prepared to handle great wealth. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We'll stop it right there. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.